Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you take more control of the financial decisions in your life. Today, I want to start out with some advice for women. There are some financial planning aspects that you may not be aware of. And later, banks are handing out credit cards like candy right now. Should you have some of that sugar? We'll talk about it. Now, this is a tough one. Women live longer than men. I mean, the actuarial tables just show it. Women live longer than men on average. Not every woman's going to live longer than a man she's married to, but generally, women live longer. And typically, a couple that gets married, not always, the man will be a few years older than the woman. So you add on extra time. So women live longer, they tend to be younger than the guy they're married to, and women in addition are the ones who, if they do have children in a couple, women carry more of the responsibility for the child. It's just something that is. It's just, um, there are couples where there's a true division of labor, but for the most part, a woman may be working and doing most of the child care, or a woman may be taking time off from work to be with a child or children, while the man may continue working. So I'm stepping right into it, the battle of the sexes here. I'm just talking the way it is. And again, not every couple, every couple has different dynamics, but for the most part, that's how it plays. Women live longer. They have times they're not in the workforce. And so where does that enter into this? So women have, with the missed periods of employment, they tend to have less money saved for retirement. So a guy continuing to work, even as children are born into the household, they're able to put money aside over the years. And then I haven't even mentioned another X factor. There's been a huge phenomenon in the United States where after kids leave the household and the young parents are now older parents, the kids are older, they're out. That tends to be a big break point in the marriage where a couple is like, okay, now it's just the two of us together here, huh? hmm, I think I'm checking out, and they get divorced. And then whatever the woman has typically that she's been able to put aside for retirement, she's got, the guy has what he's got, and remember, she's going to live longer. She's not got enough. 
I mean, there are all these factors entering into it. And I'm not saying all this that you say, well, I might as well just go jump off a bridge. (laughs) No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is women have to save an effectively higher amount of their paycheck for retirement to not be impoverished in retirement. And just be aware of all the finances. Make sure you're always aware of everything that's going on so that you can access everything. Because I know that's a common thing where you just don't pay attention, but both spouses definitely need to pay attention. A lot of times that's something that's a generational thing. That older couples, uh, oh, I didn't get involved in that. My husband took care of all that. I don't think that's as true with couples where people are under age 50. That there is a there's a societal change that took place True. gradually over time, but particularly with older couples, if you've got older parents, you need to make sure that they both know the score with the finances that there are. Even if they don't want to tell you as their adult child, they need to make sure that they're each aware, and especially because the odds are the woman's going to outlive the guy that. She knows what's there, how to access it, what accounts, how to sign into them, everything involved with it, because the financial responsibility ultimately is going to fall on her. I think about when my late mom was in assisted living, it was 90% women in assisted living, maybe. I mean, it was overwhelmingly clear that the guys don't live as long and she's still got boyfriends oh my mom men dug my mom they did. I, through she her whole awesome. life men just dug my mom anyway good for her anyway uh changing the subject back <laughs> sorry to this. sorry i just loved her it, it's true they did um so it's really really important through your working lifetime to save for the future It's hard for people to do, but it's a habit you build, but even more urgent for women. And a lot of times women are risk averse with the money they're putting aside for retirement. And that can really hurt your long-term returns. Sure, the stock market can go in the tank, uh, various episodic, episodic periods through your working lifetime. But over the long haul, being an owner is key to creating that financial security you're going to need in retirement. That's why I love so much for women and men to be in target retirement funds, appropriate to the age that you expect to stop working. Another thing is that because of the difference in lifespans, a woman particularly should consider retiring later than a man would, later in life. So that there's less years you have to cover with the savings you have. And the longer you wait to take Social Security, the bigger the Social Security check will be. And by the way, I'm sure I hit a lot of cultural and societal hot buttons there. If there's something you feel I said that was really stereotypical and uncool, Go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. I want to say one thing, too. Like, you just never know. Um, And I really think that's true because I have two friends 
um, that were in what seemed like really great marriages and their husbands both didn't just leave, but went to other continents uh, for other women that they had met and left them. I know that sounds crazy. And certainly, you know, women do crazy stuff too. You just, you know, wait, wait, wait. Make they sure not you're only aware dumped their spouse, they, they moved, moved to, to another, another continent. continent. Yeah. One to Africa and one to Asia. Wow. I mean, maybe I just have unlucky friends. Uh, This is from Christine in Pennsylvania. I was listening to Mary Beth Franklin's advice on Social Security. I may have missed it, but I didn't hear her discuss that not only married people may receive 50% of their spouse's Social Security, but those who are divorced but were married for, I believe, at least nine years and have not remarried. Ten years. Ten years. May also claim 50% of their former spouse's Social Security until they wait for their own benefit to increase. I did this myself, and it was great to have all the extra income until I reach 70. It doesn't affect your ex-spouse's benefits. I don't think that people even know about it, so I wanted to make sure that the divorced people know. Yeah, so there are specific hoops you jump through, but the marriage had to be 10 years or longer, and there are certain rules about what happens if you've remarried and all that. So this is an extremely overlooked benefit. Uh, We talked about all the negatives that is a benefit you should know that following a divorce, if your ex has a larger benefit that you can grab onto, it is yours. And it does not, if that ex has remarried, it doesn't affect them or their new spouse either. It is like an added bonus from Social Security that you could have one guy, two women, and they're all getting the benefits or one woman, two guys, they're all getting the benefit. It's just a crazy kind of thing that is one of the quirks of Social Security. This is from Chelsea in New Jersey. I'm a newer listener, but I just finished paying off $130,000 of debt. Wow. My income wow. is in the six-figure range. I don't have a mortgage or rent, and I'm actively saving for retirement while building up a six-month emergency fund. I want to buy a house in the next three to five years, so I'm laser-focused on a down payment. But what can I do to get myself out of the scarcity, every extra cent has to go toward debt mindset that I've been living in for the past six years and have a little more fun with the money I make? So you created a discipline in your life that has worked so well and got you out of a trap of debt. And now it's like, wait a minute, I want to live a little. And so, yeah, so if you were devoting so much money every month to extinguishing the debt, give yourself a little break, like uh, 10% of what you were devoting to debt every month, you now devote to buying things and enjoying things you couldn't have done before, but no more than 20% because the new habits you have, you want to keep. But some amount of money that you were devoting to debt to extinguish that huge amount of debt you have should be money that you have earned the reward and it's yours to spend to enjoy as you wish as long as the overwhelming amount of money that you've learned to live on less is devoted to building up that money for rainy day and for the down payment on a house. And congratulations to you. That really is your graduation gift from extinguishing that debt is that you are able to live a little more generous lifestyle than you could live before. This is from Marie in Georgia. Starting this year, my company will require employees to buy their own company car or truck. Right in the middle of the vehicle shortage? 
The company is imposing <sighs> rules for the vehicle, such as no vehicle older than six years old in the program and car type, no compact, no luxury, no sports car, etc. The employee is responsible for all maintenance and insurance, as well as using their own credit to buy. The company is paying a monthly allowance around $600.27 a mile. Mileage tracking and reimbursement will be managed by a software program. Is there any good way to manage buying or leasing a vehicle with this program? Yeah, so if you want to make this work for you, particularly in the midst of the extreme vehicle shortage right now, if six years is the oldest you can buy, you want to look at a vehicle that's five or so years old, just under that six years. Because with vehicle prices inflated so much, you're going to have trouble really making it work at that 600 a month, and the mileage reimbursement will be of some help. But you're going to need to hold down the purchase price of that vehicle. Consumer Reports uh, has just done a revised list of the most reliable vehicles, and I would look at that by one-time access. If you're not a subscriber, you can look at it. Uh, if you're a library member for free, look at their reliability list. Look at vehicles from uh, 2017 and 2018 model years and see what fits the criteria, what's going to be the most uh, reliable, not likely to be in the shop. Have any vehicle you're going to buy checked out by an independent mechanic of your choosing. And I've got the steps, by the way, of buying a used car on Clark.com. And concentrate on those older reliable vehicles, and you'll be able to make this math work for you, even in a very tough environment for buying a vehicle. At least interest rates are low. That is true, but the interest rates are going up they too. Are, yeah. Because the tightening underway with the Federal Reserve. So those ultra-cheap vehicle loan rates that were from credit unions, one point something percent, those are now more likely in the two point something percent if you got good credit scores. Speaking of credit, you got to know the banks are really freaking out how little people are using credit cards and they're trying to entice you. I need to talk about the strategies you should employ with the credit card companies begging for new customers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The banks have become desperate to try to get you to take out credit cards. I have not put myself on optoutprescreen.com, which is the database where you prevent the credit card companies from sending you solicitations, because I want to see what is coming in people's mailboxes. And I am getting deluged with credit solicitations now. I'm getting at this point probably 15 to 20 a week. How many are you getting at your household? Or are you on opt-out? I'm not on opt-out. And we probably get about five a week. Not five? Definitely not that many. Not as many as I'm getting? You're and on the list. I am definitely on the list. And it's crazy how many are showing up. 
And it turns out that that's not a freak story, that new data that Wall Street Journal compiled from different sources finds the number of cards issued to people with lower credit scores has gone through the roof. Somewhere around 41 million people with lower credit scores, 660 or below, have been issued new, not secured cards, regular cards. Even a significant number, almost 12 million people with what are called subprimes, below 620, people in the 500s being offered cards right now. Why were the banks so hard at pushing these cards into the hands of people with credit scores in the 500s and 600s. You know why? Because generally people with lower credit scores who get credit cards do not pay the balance in full. And they pay the highest interest rates on cards. Not at all unusual for a Visa or MasterCard for them to be paying interest rates of 25 to 36 now, I've always said nobody got rich paying Visa or MasterCard, you know, 18% interest, but I'm talking about 25 to 36% interest. Know that the banks are playing you for a patsy. Be aware of this, that they're feeling flush with money. They're looking for people to lend it to. They know they're going to have a certain amount of charge-offs. But the value to them of charging you 25% interest, even let's dial back. Let's say you have a credit score of 600, and man, you got a card offering you 17.9%. You're like, look at me. I'm doing great. I'm paying 18%. Everybody else is paying more. Uh Uh-uh. Paying them 18% is a disaster for your wallet. So it means every dollar you spend basically has 82 cents of purchasing power when you use that card. That is bad ugly. You worry about inflation? You got bigger issues when you're using a card you're not paying in full. So establishing credit is really important. And if you get the opportunity where you haven't in the past to be able to get a real credit card, traditional, no secured, Real Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express. Get the card, but use it the right way. What is the right way? That you use a card as a payment system. That you only charge on it what you can afford to pay in full that month. If it means you buy one tank of gas on that card, and that's all you buy, and you pay that balance in full, great. Because what it's going to do is it's over time going to steadily help you raise that credit score. Now, let's say you're in a different situation. You're somebody who tends to have a higher credit score, maybe has a pretty decent income, you have a a meaningful charge volume, or you're a business owner like I am, and your charge volume for your business is ginormous. The offers right now on reward cards are really, really great. And you can see a lot of good opportunities. Now, let's say you're running a business, though, and you're not into rewards. In a typical sense, you're into having a good payment system card in a business. You're using it for cash flow management. 
You may not be able to pay the balance in full every month. This is a great time for you to get an ultra-low interest rate card if your score is good. One that was ultra-low, anything that's a single digit, 9.9% or lower interest rate charged on cards. So right now, regardless of where you, this is like true marketplace, regardless of your profile as a credit card borrower, you've got everybody after you, whether it's reward cards with cash, reward cards with points, lower interest rates, or just being able to get a card when you haven't in the past. This is one of those things that everybody can win except the bank if you handle that credit the right way. The core and key to handling credit the right way except for a business owner using it for cash management, is that you never, ever, not ever charge on a card what you can not pay when that bill comes. In other words, only charge on a card in a month what you can afford to pay in full when that bill comes. And that's the end of that story. Your credit card utilization should never go above 30%. That's the amount of available credit you have to you. You let it go above 30%. So let's say your total credit limits are, uh, let's keep it simple, $1,000. If you charge more than 300 in a month, every dollar above that lowers your overall credit score and harms your credit profile for anything you might do. And all this I've just said, with all the opportunity there, if you're planning to buy a house in 22, do not take out new credit of any kind because that will harm you in the mortgage you can qualify for and the interest rate you can get. I've got a related question from Joshua in Florida. I just opened an account in my local credit union and they are offering a 2.5% cashback Visa credit card with no annual fees and no categories. I am att- I'm tempted to replace... Did he say what credit union? Yes. Um, I'm Mid temp- Florida Credit Union. Yes, I'm tempted to replace my Fidelity two percent rewards card with this for purchases that are out of season for my Discover It credit card. Is there any catch to a two and a half percent reward card? Thanks, love the show. You inspired me into investing five hundred dollars a month into my Roth IRA a few years ago. Well, Joshua, that is great. The Fidelity card you have is great. Don't dump it. Keep it as a back of the wallet card. Because the 2.5% that Mid-Florida Credit Union, mm-hmm. midflorida.com, anyway, um, that they're doing, that is something that could be promotional. They could decide at some point it's too expensive to offer 2.5% cash back. But that is a great deal. And what a deal for you to be able to get that extra half a point in rewards. But again, you don't know how long that lasts which is why you don't want to dump the Fidelity card. You want to keep it and maybe just not use it while you can use this one that's 2.5%. You pulled the card up. I'm curious, what is the interest rate charged if you don't pay your balance in full? Uh, it oh, starts it at 17%. 17% to 18%, and that's the introductory rate for the first 12 months. What does it go to after that? Again, you see a perfect example, 2.5% cash back. Look at that over here. But if you're paying 18% interest, the 25 
doesn't mean anything. It only works if you pay the balance in full. Now, the, the maximum cash back rewards per billing cycle on that are limited to $500, just FYI, in case anyone's going to get that card. But that's that would be pretty significant pretty big charging, charging per month. Yeah, but, you know, if you have a business. Right. Um, okay, this is from Jason in California. I'm 40 and have worked for the federal government for 10 years. I'm weighing a job offer in the private sector that offers a 20% pay raise and an average 401k match, but no pension plan. With about 20 years left before I'm eligible for a federal pension, how do I decide between the new job versus staying in the federal system? In other words, how much of a pay raise makes it worthwhile financially to forego earning extra years toward a federal pension? And FYI, I don't love my job now, and I'm leaning toward trying something new. Okay, you answered the question I was going to ask right away. Because if you look at money alone, the security of staying with the feds, and the value of the pension plus access to the TSP means that the trade-off and you being there 10, staying another 15, 20 years, means you have a very generous and comfortable retirement in front of you. But if it's mind-numbing and you have become a clock watcher, it's soulless to put those years in. So you can make more money right off the bat. It will not compensate for the incredible embedded value of the federal civilian employee pensions. But I think you make a move so that you're able to do something that you love and enjoy. You give up all the security, and this is the hard part. This is the same challenge anybody faces who works for a big bureaucratic corporation where they put in their time and at the end you got whatever. This is that same kind of challenge you face, but even more stark because the federal benefits are so good that this is something you do for yourself so that you can look forward to going to work, enjoy what you do, and have the benefits and hazards of being in the traditional capitalist workforce workplace and workforce you may at some point realize the grass was not greener on the other side of the street and that will be something you should not regret you should instead only look at the fact that you seize the potential for opportunity that is out there this is from deacon north carolina we have the bulk of our retirement funds with fidelity I noticed that they're offering free TurboTax Premier, and the only caveat is to have the refund deposited into our Fidelity account. It sounds like a good deal. Is there a downside to this offer that will save me the $70 plus cost of TurboTax? No, I love this, Deke. In fact, it's something that I've talked about, how cool it is that Fidelity offers this as an added benefit. And the reason they do it is to capture more client assets. You win, they win. And so I would absolutely take Fidelity up on the offer. And from Chris in Florida, we bought a 28-year-old home that had a search protection device installed by the power company on behalf of the previous owners. The device requires a fee of $1095 plus tax per month to continue to use it. Is this device an associated monthly fee worth paying for to keep it installed and active in our home? <sighs> You hear all the sighing. <laughs> this is a very profitable product for the power companies to offer the surge protection. And I 
would assume, Chris, that they're offering to replace with new items anything that gets blown out in return for paying them the $130 a year approximately, $130-something a year. And so you're paying for an insurance policy and a surge protection thing. You can put in your own whole house protection with a whole house surge protector, um, depending if you got a typical size home, 28 years old, probably smaller than average. You may be able to do that for around five or 600 bucks, and you would just own it, and it would be inherited by a, a subsequent owner. You'll make back the difference in the cost of putting one in, typically in about four years, putting in your own whole house surge protection. What you may not have, though, what you won't have typically is what you may have with the power company. And that is the second side of the equation where they do pay to replace items blown apart. See if you have that coverage. If you're planning to stay in the house a number of years, you'll have to make that call yourself. But if it were me, if you're going to stay in the house five or more years, put in your own whole house surge protection and discontinue the service from the power company. I just want to tell you, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please post a review where you listen or on social media. It helps other people find their way to us. And I want to be able to empower every person I possibly can to take more control of their wallet, more control of their lives. And speaking of that, I hope the rest of today is wonderful for you.